This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Kia ora and welcome to Free Left Turn. What does Christmas actually mean? Historically it is the birth of Jesus Christ around about 4 BC in Bethlehem, so what is now current day Israel. Uh, he was the son apparently of Mary and Joseph. Uh, I think Joseph was a carpenter and Mary was his young wife and the child was born in a manger or stables in that particular town all those many years ago and it is is an event that is celebrated by Christians worldwide the birth of the Saviour etc. Uh, when the Savior was when that when the Savior when Jesus Christ was born, there there was this um, story of um, particular star, and the three um, wise men, which I think were magis, and they were they came to the town to see the child, and they were bearing gifts, so myrrh, frankincense, and whatever else they were bringing for the child that's the sort of historical context of it um that that aside you'd have when you see the birth of the child uh, of the of the christ child he's he's presented as a, a white european well given where he was born um that's incorrect because if he's a was it nazarene Descent, then he would have been, um, well, olive skinned, a little bit dark, darker, darker in skin, so he doesn't match the images portrayed to many people over the years in, in a lot of the Catholic faith, oh, not the Catholic, Christian faiths. So that, that that's really an aside, and that probably draws upon issues um, around current. Palestine and things like that. Yeah, and thinking about that and um, thinking about how you grow up, how you're growing up and, and what did Christmas mean to one growing up? Well, I grew up in a household that wasn't um, largely religious. Probably more more irreligious if, if you wanted to be um, frank about it. Um, but we'd always celebrate Christmas at that time of the year, 25th of December, middle of summer, farm work still had to be done. But you still had you still had a big feed and all that sort of stuff. And when it came to gifts, 
for example, it was probably a, what would you say, a race to the top to see who got the most um, from apparently Santa, but in reality, the appearance. And, yeah, yeah, you, you're, you're all caught up in that sort of thing when you're a child, yeah, wanting more presents and etc, etc, etc. But when you think of it in um, as a reminisce, as they say, and the gifts under the tree, the decoration of the tree, and so on, and and the gifts that you got, things sort of stick in your mind about um, the longevity of the of the um, the particular items that you you got as presents. For 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 example, for me, it would have been the um tongue toys they were a big thing in the in the 60s and probably the early part of the 70s um apollo top and that's in, it's a spinning toy but that's sort of a a a flow on from the apollo missions to the moon um books for example so, and and some of these things last, some of these gifts lasted a long time so there was no uh, bleating at the end of the day that that your brand new toy or your um what is it um your book or something got damaged um within a day um these toys were made to last and we were all, we we're all part of it we we're all a part of it and we and the and the whole thing about getting gifts at christmas time was what happened to um jesus christ all those years ago from the three wise men or magis we know there are other stories about um, saints um, that have stories connected to them regarding gifts. The classic one is um, Saint Nicholas. When you think about getting gifts, do do you think about the real message in all this? Um, the 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 um, the gift of giving, receiving, etc. What does it, does it all mean? When you're a child, you think, "Oh yeah, oh mum and dad." Got all well, it was in there because because we we bloody well knew that, that there was no no such thing as Santa Claus. Just all just and um, you get all these gifts and so and 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 so be it. Uh, but as you kind of matured, you tended to think of um, you. They buy something. One one person buy. It's not just that you get all the gifts. You start when you get older. You start buying gifts for your folks and your siblings and things like that. So that became that became quite the norm when I was a little bit older. But it's the um, act of giving and the act of receiving. But um, if, yeah, you you get you don't but you don't want to lose track of why we do these sorts of things um, because you, the the pro, the problem the problem with um, Things like what what the message was it's get, it gets distorted around such things as commercialism of Christmas and all these flash stuff and children want this that and the other thing and the whole the whole message of what happened all those years ago seems to be lost in the in the in this whole mass of mass of commercialism. I'm not I'm no I'm no um um. I'm not a question by any any stretch of the imagination, 
but there are certain things that you grew up with and there are certain things that you follow through with. You, you, you as, as I said before, you get caught up in the, in the present stuff, but you you start to learn about um, giving and sharing. But as I said, the message probably tends to get lost this, these, a lot these days and people are more focused on is getting much as they can and um, and not thinking about about the giving part of it and as i as as i as i get to this particular time in my life i think christmas is just a, another day another day to um reflect that you have survived a year and and i don't tend to think of the the religious messages of it. It's just the, that um, I've got to this point, I've survived, and I can carry on next year. But uh, I don't believe that people, if uh, people should lose lose focus on the fact that um, Christmas is a present buying thing. The, the original intent when the Christ child was born for all these gifts, and that's probably not the intent of 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 putting putting the wrong message out there about giving all these presents without some sort of um some sort of other act of giving giving gifts to other people and you probably do give gifts to other people um you may the gifts may not be presents they may be say empowerment for example they may be um, a supporting shoulder, for example. It may be um, you're just a friend when you need a friend. I, I think what we're trying to say is we don't want to lose focus at this time of the year and just get hung up in the commercialism of Christmas. We need to think that it was a little bit more around humanity and the the fact that you are a... Um, you need to need to support your fellow human being. Achtung, ist das eine Historie, die Hombre malo, que de cielo hace el infierno, hasta que llegó Snoopy y ajustó cuenta. Hace ya tiempo en el cielo se oyó, sobre el cielo azul, rugir un avión. Siempre ganó, cien batallas libró, y jamás a su base con rasguños volvió. Sube por el... su avión empieza a tirar sobre el cielo azul lo derriban también 10, 20 o 30 o tal vez muchos más cayeron al mar después de luchar y al intentar cazar al varón perdieron su avión y la vida también Snoopy cayó más no murió Decide volver, derribar al varón, de nuevo a luchar, Snoopy volvió, 
race to the top of it around getting a lot of presents um, we get we get we get certain adults currently that also think along these sorts of lines of getting how many presents they get per Christmas time but I would I would ring fence it and call it a race to the bottom as a as opposed to um, children getting gifts. But at this time of the year, you tend to think about, okay, there's a number of us who are, who are fairly comfortable. Um, Joe, we're all right, we're cool. Life is sweet, we've got family around us. We can afford to buy things and all that. But in Aotearoa, New Zealand today, there are people who can't celebrate the event Christmas in in the way that... I do. There are some people who, because of financial circumstances or whatever, don't have 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 um, celebrate a a comfortable or nice Christmas meal, for example. You you tend to get when you're younger. You think every household had a decent Christmas. They had they got the presents. They got the nice meal at lunch and the nice dessert in the evening and so on and it was all all kosher every family every household in new zealand would would have a nice time at christmas however that's a utopia which is not even because there are a lot of people out there who don't have that um, fortune they you, you hear it you hear it in my job for example about I just like to have a little bit of money to buy the kids a present. Not asking for a hangover lot, yeah, and um, just want a little bit of money to buy the kids a present. present. Then you have those who say, we'll just need just to buy something nice for a Christmas meal, for example, and can't afford to do that. Uh, so what happens to a lot, of, a lot of these people? Well, there are generous organisations out there, the, the wishing, uh, was it wishing tree, those who provide community Christmas lunches for people 
for those people who may be, for example, uh, low income beneficiaries, um, but there's also that they um, attract people who are lonely, um, etc. I don't know how the whole thing will fit with the COVID restrictions, but hopefully they people will be at least some people who are a little bit less fortunate than one can go out there and celebrate Christmas in their own way. It's just 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 thinking about COVID and how it may impact on those sort of things. But good for organisations putting these things together. Auckland City Mission. I think I think some events are run here around Christmas lunches. Um, organisations will go out there and provide presents for children who are in, in in serious need, just to make that life just that little bit more bearable for them, that people are not actually not forgotten. Um, but it all comes back to um, societal issues that we've got that sort of dominate this country um, currently. And, and because of these societal issues, um, people do miss out on various things, and I think I, I think Christmas seems to always get this image, eh, that that uh, we we got to have a present. We're going to have a present. Everyone's going to have a present. But we need to. I think I think we need to fix our societal problems um, in in thinking about those less fortunate than oneself. However, that's not an easy fix. So you can you can. Um, Get get in behind these events, and you can say you, we can we, we we were we're putting on this big big spread for all homeless types and people in emergency accommodation and lonely um, senior citizens, and we're putting it all together just for one part of the year, and we uh, we're raising money to buy presents for children who may be in uh, maybe may in state care, maybe and. Uh, Arangatamariki, they maybe um, have lost their parents or whatever, and and so on. So we do that, we just do it at the end of the year. But we're not really actually solving the issues that um, cause people to come to these this point. And I'm particularly focusing on homelessness, particularly um, focusing on broken families, violent, domestic violence in the community, and so on and so on and so on. These issues need serious addressing but we try to make people feel good for one day of the year but when what the what that should be the target we, we need to make people feel feel good about themselves good about their community good about their whanau for 365 days of the year instead of just focusing on one and i i think that we if we can get down that road i think we're doing a lot but given the current environment that we live in governments are not willing to spend the cash to address the issues around societal problems too much too much like hard work they can they can they can throw money here to performing sports or they can throw money here to for the merits cup they could throw the money here to do that for that business or they could do that by throwing money over there for that but when it comes to the real guts of, of societal issues, it appears to be that they're not wanting, willing to address them at all. We tend to talk about it a lot, what needs to happen, and, and I think I think the, the classic part of it was when we when the Pukiri Neighbourhood House had their AGM this week, 
and I made this point of, okay, we've been, we lived under, we've lived under of the under the um, threat of COVID and its various forms for the last twenty one months. However, the problems of low income, the problems of homelessness, the pro the problems of child abuse, poverty, etc. They just haven't miraculously vanished. They're still there. And as I said, a, a big flash Christmas meal for the community or an a appeal to presents for children doesn't make those problems go away. They're still very much there. And we need to do a lot more work in that space to address these issues. But I get the gut feeling that politicians do not want to do that. So if you had a wish for Christmas... In, in these in these trying times, my wish would be for a better functioning community, a community where we do care about each other, and if we're if you if you have a family that's in your community that is that needs help, they may need uh, a roof over the head, they may may need help around sending your child who may need um, medical treatment that's a little bit expensive, or the children need to have uh, books for school, or something like that, we can do that uh, straight away without much with the resources we've got. Or what we, we could have, the resources, the resources we could have to do that, but we don't have much of the resources around to do that. If there's no will, there's going to be no change. That's my message that I would say for, for Christmas it's not a present. It's not a. It's not a gift. It's not a fancy toy. It's not a fancy technical gadget. It's that we have a better functioning society, because at the current juncture, our our society is not functioning the way it should be.
many of us um, New Zealanders, or maybe third, fourth, no, but I, just, I should reiterate fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, or even eighth generation New Zealanders can claim to claim, claim openly that our our European or our English forebearers came to this country in the 19th and earliest 20th century from a predominantly um, Christian background. I can, I can claim that through some of my family tree, my um, clover ancestors definitely were Methodist, and some of my Creswell slash Skadden relations also were religious. So our, our forebearers came here with well, what would you call decent Christian morals. So, and they would have followed uh, scriptures on how they were taught to them by their, well, their betters as they call them, their parents or other members of the family. I know in more in current times um, there's been eroding away of um, Christian values, even the likes of myself who don't actually believe in the existence of a God. Um, and my, my reasons are quite blunt. Um, it's not God who's going to save you, it's going to be another person. That's the sort of attitude that I've got. But yeah, but we can say that yeah, forebearers were definitely um, had high Christian morals. And some of them um, came to this country with the um, intent of creating an egalitarian, egalitarian society, probably based, based on the teachings of the Bible, more or less. Uh, but how, you have to think to yourself, how did religion come to this country? Well, a lot of it came, or a lot of it came prior to the signing of the Treaty of Waitangi, uh, with the Christian Methodist Society and the Wesleyans and the Catholics and so on and so on. And they were spreading their word amongst the flock. Either those new settlers, they may be thinking people like uh, sealers and whalers who'd come um, pre-1840, and to local Tangata Whenua. As we've entered into the Christmas phase of things, I thought we would talk briefly about one particular early Christian event that happened in New Zealand. And that involves a gentleman called Samuel Marsden. I'll just want to quote from Laurie Barber's New Zealander Short History. Quote, Soon after the state-sponsored discoverers returned home and presented their charts of Aotearoa and descriptions of Maori life, a new wave of Europeans descended on New Zealand's coasts, the missionaries. A Christian missionary society, Anglican, sorry, mission to New Zealand was proposed as early as 1808, and in 1814, two Anglican lay, lay readers from New South Wales, Thomas Kendall and William Hall, visited the Bay of Islands. So there was real early uh, religious contact or, or missionary contact in New Zealand even before the signing of the Treaty of Waitangi. But the important one, the important one, is a gentleman called Samuel Marsden. 
Samuel Marsden was known as in Parramatta, because we came across from Parramatta to here, um, as the flogging parson, in dubious tribute to his ministerial sentences. Um, so he was notorious, no, notorious for that. But in 1814, Mr. Marsden, or Reverend Marsden, whatever you like to take, preached a Christian, a Christmas Day service at Rangihawa, what's up in the Bay of Islands. And it says here, quote, While not the first Christian sermon preached ashore in Aotearoa, it was the first where the sermon was specifically addressed to a Māori congregation. It did say in brackets, did say in brackets that Tasman, Tisirvil's chaplain, and probably other Europeans had conducted Christian services in New Zealand, New Zealand waters or ashore. Um, then it says on, Marston left three church missionary society lay preachers behind in the Bay of, Bay of Islands. So you got Kendall, Hall, who was a carpenter, and John King, a shoemaker. Marsden's intention was to combine Christian evangelism with a cultural culturation. So that's what that that's a bit about Marsden and what he did. So he came ashore and preached a, a sermon or two, gathering uh, gathering people, probably mainly Tangata Whenua at Rangihawa. And I recall watching a an event based on that on television some years ago. Uh, I think it was probably it ran along with the 200 um, anniversary of of that particular event. So um, if you got to sort of stem go go into your history and talk about who where how how this evangelical stuff came into being, all this Christian missionary stuff came into being. You have to go back to those early years in the Bay of Islands. Interestingly, though, and as a person who's a, um, a student of history and also a kind of a student of philately, um, in 1964, this country produced a... And it's it's a, it's a hundred and fiftieth anniversary of what Marsden did at Rangihawa. Just sort of uh, just a commemoration event. But you 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 kind of looked at the stamp and you kind of looked at the sort of just remembering the the two hundredth um, anniversary. And I think when when you look at the the nineteen sixty four postage stamp, of which I've got many of them here. I've got many copies of this particular stamp, to be honest. It's almost a little bit of artistic license. You got well dressed people there, including a few Europeans who'd come across with um, Marsden at the time, and local Tangata Whenua. So, a little bit of artistic license, I'd say. But that's the way that they did these sorts of things. So, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas Day was first. A Christmas Day sermon was first held in eighteen fourteen. That's what I'm telling you. So that's how long we've kind of had these sort of religious events around Christmas um, in New Zealand since that time. Was missionaries good for Tangata Whenua? Well, if we go through our um, history and if we teach our history properly, there were probably pros 
and that's probably con um, and it's probably negatives as well and probably one of the bigger negatives is probably around the interpretation of Te Tiriti o Waitangi but yeah Christmas Day 
shows we talked about the unrest in the Solomon Islands um, sort of if you, if you look at the Solomon it's made up of a series of islands Malaitai um, and uh, Guadalcanal seem to be the ones that come to mind and there's friction between two of the main groups here and it's in Malaitai and, Guadal- and Guadalupe uh, not Guadalupe Guadalcanal and when things got started getting quite serious, Australia sent troops up there, and now, and now we've sent um, personnel up there just to keep law and order. We had done that before when there was unrest, and I think it was sort of kind of revolves around the same instigators. Um, but in that discussion talk, Fred mentioned the term cargo cults, and that, that sort of triggered into me something that was uh, I'd learnt at Varsity. Um, all those years ago in 1988 because I took a subject called social anthropology and one of the themes that they spoke about was um, at the time was cargo cults and cargo cults were kind of a big thing particularly around Melanesia, Pacific Island or Polynesia I'm not too sure about Micronesia but in particular uh, Melanesia so you say to yourself, well, you mentioned the term, so what does the term actually mean? Cargo cult. So I have to rely on my computer to give a kind of a meaning. I don't carry the meaning in my brain. A cargo cult is a indigenous millenarian belief system which adherents perform rituals which they believe will, will cause a more technological advanced society to deliver goods. These cults were first described in Melanesia in the wake of contact with Allied forces, Allied military forces during the Second World War. However, that's probably not quite correct because if you think down, if I've just flicked down my computer and it says under, ti- under the title, What is a Cargo Cult? Origins of the term, and you get all these annoying pop ups, don't you, when you look in your computer? It says here, quote, from an article by Wiggington, I think that's how you say it. Not too sure how old the article is, but it did say it was updated on the 10th of July 2018, but that's irrelevant for this. The term cargo cult originated in the 19th century as a derogatory expression 
characterizing indigenous practices in the Melanesia sub-region of the southwestern Pacific, but southwestern Pacific. The principle behind the idea of cargo cults is the ritualized building of infrastructure and subsequent acquisition of European colonial trade goods as a way to accumulate wealth. So that's it in a nutshell, really. Just reading further in, in the article, and if our computer wants to play games with us, we can play games too. For instance, a remote village on an island might build an airplane runway in order for European colonists to arrive with cargo or gifts from Western civilization. A small community with no electricity or running water might build a mock airplane out of straw and sticks in a form of in a, in a form of sympathetic magic as an attempt to bring more airplanes to the area bringing cargo so kind of a simplistic description of it they did say they did talk about the first use of the term cargo cult goes back to the um for and just as an example fiji 1885 um and that's when British colonial plantation practices were at their height, gave gave birth to a particular movement called the Tuka movement in Fiji. And as a as it says as it says in here, this particular um, priest received divine messages urging a revival of traditional religious practices. If his if his people brought back the ancient ways and honoured their ancient ancestors properly, he said it would lead to a revolt, revolt, role reversal in which white Europeans would serve the indigenous population. The people of Fiji would once more be the masters. So that wasn't there. But most common familiarity with um, cargo cults is particularly in light of the Second World War, particularly the Pacific Theatre. What it says here, quote, we can quote this article, during World War II, the Southwest Pacific saw an ever greater influx of white Europeans, this time joined by Americans. Because of Allies' efforts in the Pacific, small islands became the sites of numerous supplied airdrops. Suddenly populations were encouraging Western soldiers, canned food, mass-produced clothing, weapons, medicine and electronics for the first time. Many Allied soldiers shared these goods with their new neighbours on the islands. This led to what Americans called the John Frum cargo cult on the island of Vanuatu. John Frum was the name given to a mythical figure that the people of Vanuatu associated with cargo. He was often portrayed as a black man, most likely due to the presence of Afro-American soldiers in the region during the war, and his name is believed to be a shortened version of John from America. In other variations of the story, he is called Tom Navy, as a tribute to the American soldiers sailors, sorry, who appeared in the region during the war in the Pacific. In some legends, John Frum appears dressed in Western clothing, promising the people of Vanuatu that he would return to them with telephones, canned goods, medicine and modern housing. Followers of John Frum renounced their possessions and money and moved into the interior of Vanuatu where they held elaborate rituals to pay tribute to John Frum. Once the war ended and the Americans left, followers built elaborate landing strips and mock airplanes so that John Frum would have a place to land when he returned with cargo to bless the islanders. 
Koga cults do exist today in some form, but the main one that people are really like, are really really know about, and who those have got a little bit of knowledge in that area, it's the stuff that happened during the Second World War, where all, where all the stuff came into the islands, and and then you, and, and you can see how it sort of evolved, what's called a cargo cult, belief, and a, belief, a belief system that if you mimic, the more will come, and that's just in the in the sort of in, in the um, intellect of the um, indigenous people. But see, why 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 would you want to oh, why do I want to mention cargo cults? Well, first of all, Fred talked about it briefly on one of the sh one of our shows just a week, or, a week or two or three back. But it's also gifts, yeah, gifts. So to, to the to the indigenous people. U.S. sailors, U.S. soldiers, or Allied soldiers, Allied sailors, perceived that they were bringing gifts to them, to them, not not for the war of it, but to, to the indigenous people. And it's it's, it's it's almost like a we're coming into the season of gift giving. So that, that's a perception or the mentality within indigenous people around the cargo ports that was that was a gift for them, and it's just like. Um, giving and receiving, but in this case, they were receiving all those gifts, and they thought if they could encourage um, um, through some form of imitation, they'd get more, and get more. So, yeah, this time it's all about gifts, and yeah, I thought well, I'd just add in a little bit about the cargo cult, so I hope you find that a little bit interesting. I'd always found the concept when I first when I first heard about it, uh, something, oh, that sounds rather bizarre, but yeah, you get, you get if you get into the mentality of the um, indigenous people, you can understand why they would think like that. I just like to say at the, at the end of this, um, um, have a merry Christmas and stay safe out there.
Independent Community Media, Free FM 89.0. Looking forward to Christmas, it's sentimental, I know, but I just really like it. I am hardly religious. I'd rather break bread with Dawkins than Desmond too, too, to be honest. And yes, I have all of the usual objections to consumerism, to the commercialization of an ancient religion, to the westernization of a dead Palestinian press ganged into selling PlayStations and beer. But I still really like him I'm looking forward to Christmas Though I'm not expecting A visit from Jesus I'll be seeing my dad my brother and sisters, my gran and my mum They'll be drinking white wine in the sun I'll be seeing my dad My brother and sisters, my gran and my mum They'll be drinking white wine in the sun don't go in for ancient wisdom I don't believe just cause ideas are tenacious It means that they're worthy I get freaked out by churches Some of the hymns that they sing have nice chords But the lyrics are dodgy and yes, I have all of the usual objections to the miseducation of children who in tax-exempt institutions are taught to externalize blame and to feel ashamed and to judge things as plain right or wrong. But I quite like the songs. Expecting big presents The old combination of socks, jocks and chocolates Is just fine by me Cause I'll be seeing my dad My brother and sisters, my gran and my mum They'll be drinking white wine in the sun I'll be seeing my dad My brother and sisters My gran and my mum They'll be drinking white wine in the sun And you, my baby girl 
My jet-lagged infant daughter You'll be handed round the room Like a puppy at a primary school And you won't understand But you will learn someday That wherever you are and whatever you face These are the people who make you feel safe in this world My sweet blue-eyed girl And if my baby girl When you're 21 or 31 And Christmas comes around and you find yourself 9,000 miles from home You'll know whatever comes Your brothers and sisters and me and your mom Will be waiting for you in the sun When Christmas comes your brothers and sisters, your aunts and your uncles, your grandparents, cousins, and me and your mom will be waiting for you in the sun, drinking white wine in the sun. Darling, whenever you come, we'll be waiting for you in the sun, drinking white wine in the Waiting for you in the sun Waiting I really like Christmas It's sentimental, I know
For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.